Welcome to Podcast of Horror 2. This is our first episode of the return of Podcast of Horror, a special Halloween series where we focus on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror specials. I'm Matt, and joining me in this year's series are my co-host Derek. Hello, everybody. And Dave. What's up? All right. We have got three segments from Treehouse of Horror's episode, or Horror, episodes past and this episode of our series this is a free pick we did our draft if you haven't heard that yet it's in the neo's as halloween preview episode i think is the name of it where we did a draft of the segments we're going to choose this is our free pick no theme no special conditions other than it was had to be a segment we've not done before or that someone else has already chosen if we had gotten bumped out of the draft in that so my first choice to start things off is the Genesis Tub. And this is from Season 8, Episode 1 of The Simpsons, and it's Treehouse of Horror 7, first airing on October 27th, 1966. And since I watched this entire episode, I went ahead and noted what the opening was. And did you say 1966? I did. I did, because that's what my notes say. I just read what my notes say. That's probably 1996, I'm going to take a wild guess. I would think so. Yeah, that sounds a little more accurate. I would certainly hope so, yes. So, 19, October 27th, 1990. I mean, it's been on for a long time, but that's a little extreme. 1996. So, uh, like I say, since I watched this from the very beginning, I, I noted what the opening of this episode was. And this is where Homer tries to light a jack-o'-lantern and then immediately catches himself on fire. Like, to the extent of he's got, must have charcoal lighter fluid just soaked on his skin. <laughs> the way it just climbed up yeah. and he just caught on fire. That doesn't seem too surprising, though. It, yeah, no one would really be surprised. Yeah, we've seen how much lighter fluid he uses on the barbecue. There would be a <laughs> massive spray off. That's true, yeah. <laughs> and as he runs out of camera, well, runs back and forth a couple of times, we get, to the, we get a couch gag and the Grim Reaper's on the sofa and each family member drops dead as they approach and pile up high enough for him to put his feet up and relax. And that's that is the opening, so... Short and simple, yet funny. Haven't actually seen that in a while. Haven't paid attention to the opening in a while. So it made mm-hmm. me laugh. So, on to the story. So this is the one where Lisa has just, at least recently, lost a tooth. And she says it's perfect for a science project. And it's a science project that she's already had time to set up and make an elaborate display of that actually centers around her tooth. So I'm not quite sure how long her tooth was actually, she's lost it now. Enough time to make this, this display. Which, with Lisa being a good student, I guess couldn't necessarily have to be that long. Yeah, and she could have been working on it while his tooth was loose. Oh, that's true. I didn't consider that. It's been a long time since I lost a tooth naturally. Oh, right. And I forgot it takes time. <laughs> Usually it happens quite by surprise. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> These days, yep. <laughs> so, um, the project is called Will Silence, Sci- yeah, Will Science Dissolve a Tooth? And she mentions that Science has already proven the dangers of smoking, alcohol, and Chinese food, but I can still ruin soft drinks for everyone. And the Chinese food bit cracked me up, although I'm sure at this point there's probably been some kind of expose on how Chinese food is killing us. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah, it was the whole thing with MSG a while back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot about the whole MSG thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But the funny part is, she's like, I can still ruin soda. Like, didn't we knew soda was bad for you back then, didn't we? That's what I have in my notes (laughs) next. It's like, didn't we already know this at this point? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dennis told you pretty much not to drink 
soda I, at this point. I like the fact that it's a science fair project that's going to bring down soda, too. You know? <laughs> that's true. I mean, if the stonecutters can save eggs, they can save soda. <laughs> I want that pin from the 33 cent store so bad. <laughs> Still haven't bought it yet. Okay, so Bart comes in with a balloon stuck to his head, and he's going to show Lisa his science fair experiment. And this is where he rubs a balloon on his head, sticks his finger out, and shocks Lisa. And she says, what does that prove? He's like, that nerds conduct electricity. Love that line. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> he um, he leaves. We kind of we get this great shot almost from the Petri dish. Actually, I think it is from the Petri dish perspective. And Lisa is reaching down slowly. There's this almost almost ominous music i guess it is a little ominous and she touches a tooth and zap and then she we cut back to her she's like ow stupid bart and from there she goes to bed we get an overnight shot of the tooth that starts radiating electric bolts i guess you could say across the petri dish and then the next morning lisa wakes up looks gets up right looks right at the dish oh boy mold that science fair pay dirt and then she Puts it under the microscope and discovers that there are tiny little blue people living in and around the tooth. And there's like little caves in the tooth. There's trees and ground and grass and this whole society that, or uh, not society yet. We're not quite at society yet, but this whole new set of creatures that she created. And she's a little uh, kind of enamored with herself that she created life. But there's one thing that even a creator of new life can't pass up. In lieu of studying their creation, and that's waffles, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> because Marge calls for right. breakfast, and it's waffles, and she goes, ooh, waffles, and she just runs right down there. If there's ever a question that she was adopted or something, that line proves she's Homer's daughter. Oh, that's true. You're right, yeah. You know? <laughs> yep, Absolutely. And when she gets there, they're not really waffles. We get two lines here, or I would get a, a mention here that they're square pancakes, and then we get a, two lines from Marge and Lisa. I'm sorry, honey. The waffle iron's in the shop. Waffle iron's been in the shop forever. And this might be a reference. I looked this up because I remember eons ago. I can remember this, but I cannot remember virtually anything else at my age. But for some reason, eons ago, I remember somebody reviewing this episode it couldn't have been right after it aired because i i don't think i had that much time or access to the internet to check this stuff out but it was wasn't too long after someone made a joke about the waffle iron still being in the shop and that was a good good callback i always remember reading that and i didn't know what they meant so i looked it up and it might be a reference to season four the episode homer the heretic when homer broke the waffle maker making his patent pending moon waffles which mm. was comprised of a bag of caramel squares, some waffle batter, liquid smoke, directly on the waffle iron. <laughs> and after that, they couldn't get the waffle. And then, oh, sorry, but then they, they out, the uh, waffle that did come out that didn't stick to the iron was wrapped around a stick of butter and then served on a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> which several people That's on YouTube have made by now. Have made now. I've actually oh, looked of course. it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I listened to a podcast where that was a, uh, they had a, trivia game every week and that was the bet the loser had to eat a moon waffle oh my god that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah it's stomach turning yet awesome so, so i least, wonder if the uh, in the four seasons in between that episode and this episode that they've made waffles at all right just square pancakes <clears throat> yeah <laughs> which people also have made on youtube of square course. pancakes and moon waffles 
So Lisa goes back to her room. She checks on her creation, and they've evolved past the Stone Age into the Renaissance. She sees one hammering a letter to the cathedral, and she declares, I've created Lutherans. I've always said this, Lutherans. I don't know if this is a Northeast thing that where we're all from, but she like puts an extra syllable in it. She says Lutherans. Well, that's how it's spelled. Is that how it's spelled? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there's well, there. Okay. All right. I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see now. Yeah, I still pronounce it Lutherans, because that's how I've heard it my whole life. <laughs> You know, the, well, Weirdo. it's not like it's a big co- topic of conversation. <laughs> As we gather around the dinner table <laughs> yeah, on Sunday yeah. night and discuss the religions of the world. <laughs> yeah. Starting with the old Mennonites and ending with the Lutherans. <laughs> right. So from that, we get another overnight scene. The evolution continues. We see electric lights pop up. There's kind of a glow coming from the dish as Lisa sleeps. Next morning, she checks it again, and they've evolved past our present and into their version of the future. And Bart comes in, takes a look at it, and says, Hey, you built a model city. Is that the school? Whoops, my finger slipped. Oops, my finger slipped. Oops, my finger slipped. Bart, stop it! (laughs) And I can't recall having said this, but I imagine I must have said this screwing around with somebody or something. Oh, yeah. You had a younger sister. Of course you've done that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. This did I say had like she's dead. No, yeah. yeah. She, she's now, dead to us. She's older now. Yeah. No, oh. She's, she's getting married. I'm kidding, Karen. Der- I'm Derek's kidding. still I'm upset kidding. that she couldn't join this, this oh. season. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I thought you were making a reference that she was older now, but of course, I'm still even older than that, so it doesn't really make me feel any better pointing that out. Right. So Lisa takes back the dish, looks at the damage on the microscope, and the dis- there's destruction and fire everywhere and screams from no discernible place, just maybe everywhere in the Petri dish. Nice little yeah. horrific scene of destruction. The next night, these many people, which I don't recall without looking at in my names, that they ever have, do they ever have a name? I don't know. At this point, they certainly don't have a name. I, don't I just think keep so. calling the many people. Yeah, no, I don't know that they ever get a title. Right, that's what people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like the Lisonians or something, which is horrible. Which I'm glad they didn't use that one. So they launch five fighter ships and a warship that goes after Bart. The fighters fly into his mouth, shoot at him. When he jumps out of bed, the warship enters his ear. There's like a dozen laser beams. Just You can see the glow of the laser beams through his eyes. And then a, kind of a pop and explosion as it shoots out his other ear. Bart is angry and blistered. The blisters are a great touch in this. Yeah. That was this is one of those times where Simpsons does the sort of classic cartoon physics bit that they normally stay away from, right? Cuz you know, the Simpsons when they started they were like, okay, the physics of the Simpsons world is like it's more real than the bouncy world of Warner Brothers or mm. Disney or something like that, right? So they they did the bit and of course we've seen this on Daffy Duck or whatever, where something goes through somebody's head through the ears and oh, you can right, see yeah. it through the eyes. Right. So it's just one of those little uh, nods to the gotcha. old style of cartooning. Yeah, and I think the rules are out the window when it comes to the Treehouse of Horror sequence, too. Yeah, yeah they obviously. definitely take the liberties then. Yep. Yeah. So Bart runs in the room, in the Lisa's room. Your micro jerks attacked me. Well, you practically destroyed their whole world. You can't protect them every second. Sooner or later, you let your guard down and then flush. It's toilet time for Tiny Town. <sighs> so Lisa sits down next to the dish. Uh, this is, she's sitting on the floor, kind of 
sighing, a little despondent, and then these red rings start to... It's like a beam made of... It's a, yeah, it's a beam of, made of red rings. It rises out of the the dish. It bends 180 degrees and engulfs Lisa, picks her up off the floor, and it's shrinking her as it lifts her and pulls her into the swirl she created and lands her on a tooth-themed throne which i'm not sure i must have noticed the first viewing or so that it was it had a tooth motif but now looking at it putting notes together it really stood out that that was a it wasn't exactly a tooth but it had a tooth look to it like their society was built around this centerpiece of her tooth oh yeah and like the tooth theme is everywhere the guy's staff has a tooth on the end oh i didn't even notice that okay yeah it's the whole theme of the of the town at that point okay well, then I completely missed all the, just the, just the chair. Then the biggest object I noticed that, and the second biggest, the tooth. That's all I saw. And then we meet the man behind that beam, and it's a tidy world version of Professor Frank. <laughs> He's praising his debigulator, and Lisa is greeted with a hail, Lisa, from presumably all the world's inhabitants, and then. A leader. I don't know if it's a leader of the society or like a religious leader. He, some sort of definite leader. He's he's dressed differently and stands out from the from the rest of the crowd. Comes out and welcomes welcomes her to the to her world. Lisa's impressed by not only the world but the fact that he can speak English. And uh, this leader explains, "We have listened to you speak since the dawn of time, O Creator." And we have learned to imitate you exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was hard to write out that note, but he get the idea. <laughs> it's like the um, <clears throat> when they did the Jurassic Park one. Um, nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing that went wrong. <laughs> Me, no good at English? That's impossible. <laughs> that one I know. I probably said that before Ralph did. So. Yeah. <laughs> They've made her their god, or they view her as their god, and they let her know she's the only one that can save them from the devil, and it's the one that she calls Bart. And she says, oh, Bart's just, he's not the devil, he's my brother, which stuns the crowd, and then breaks open into this impromptu Q&A. Uh, God, hi, Bill Watson, I uh, live in the clock building. I have a question. If you're so good, why do you allow bad things to happen? Boy, am I so fat. Why do bad things happen to good people? They're basically all humans at this point. Right. And they're, they're throwing out all of the, the dumbest things people would have at, would ask a god. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I blame you for me eating all those Twinkies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, <laughs> like that one. And, and uh, thrown in over all the other rumbles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so Lisa says she can take care of everything. They just need to unshrink her. And then the mini Frank pipes up again. Unshrink you? Well, that would require some sort of a rebigulator, which is a concept so ridiculous it makes me want to laugh out loud and chortle. But, ah, uh, but not at you, oh holiest of gods, with the wrathfulness and the vengeance and the blood rain and the hey, 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 it hurts me. That's my favorite line. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, concept so crazy that it boggles the mind. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't write out the whole. I started writing the line and then apparently went to my. Decided just to put the clip in there, according uh, to my notes. <laughs> yeah, just throw a clip in. <laughs> so at this point, Bart appears over top of the world. You see his hand come down, covers up the dish. Next, we see him and the dish. It's at the science fair, and there's a sign. It's being he, Bart's presenting it as the Little Universe by Bart Simpson. 
Bart wins, and then Skinner gives a line that is great in this segment, but it could be in any Simpsons episode. Willie, you can throw out the other projects. We have a winner. <laughs> I love it. They're just so dismissive. And yep. probably hasn't even looked at most of them yet. <laughs> exactly, yep. And Willie does. <laughs> it kind of... Or actually, he takes Martin's milk box ukulele, rips it right out of his hand, throws it in the trash. And what was Martin's yeah. project anyway? <laughs> that was my question. Is like Martin's the smartest kid in that school, and his science fair project is a milk box ukulele. <laughs> That's true. Did right? he just right. did he just give up? <laughs> like, has he been so defeated by this this school and this town that he's just like, screw it? That's a good point. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he had a nice little outfit on, and he was doing his little <laughs> shuffle. But come on, man! Reminds me of his mouth made a dance. Yeah, he could have at least made like a volcano or something. Yeah, right. and he would. You're right. He would. He would do something far more complicated than anyone else there, except maybe Lisa, and I still mean, he lose. Was, he was Team Discovery Channel after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the the shoebox ukulele is more of a Ralph. Shoe, oh, shoebox. Okay, yeah, right. shoebox. Right. Yeah, it is. A, you're right. Yep. No, Ralph brought his Star Wars guys again. <laughs> I broke my Wookie. <laughs> Chewie, Han, they're all here. <laughs> so, viewing this from the mini world, Lisa sees Skinner handing Bart an envelope. She yells that this, this is her science fair project. That gift certificate should be hers. And then she starts to reside to the fact that she's stuck there for the rest of her life. And she ends with, Shouldn't you people be groveling? And bring me some shoes. Nice ones. She'll want socks, too. I'll I'll get socks. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the Genesis tub. So into the rating, obviously I really like this one. I think this was my very first, it was my first free pick, so I wanted to make sure we got this one in there. It's a clever story. It's for what I really like about this, which I didn't really notice until making notes for a 10 minute minute ish segment. I didn't really time it. It has a pretty, I wouldn't say complicated, but it has a, a, a solid beginning, middle and end without having to spend too much time on either one of those three and sacrifice the others. So it's, you got the premise pretty quick within the first two minutes and then you got the evolution and then you got lisa being pulled down to that world and none of it seemed like it was squeezed in or rushed and one was too longer than the other so that that was thought really cool too considering you did have to get a lot across what was going on in this story in a, in a sense i mean a lot the visuals helped a lot too it's actually more sci-fi than comedy in the end i think and it's a good sci-fi for treehouse of horrors which isn't always the case so for my rating on this, I'm going to say it's pretty strong, but it's not perfect. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. The thing that was missing was one really big laugh. There's a lot of chuckles in it, a lot of things to quote, a lot of things I like, but there's not that one big laugh that a lot of, uh, I just almost said Halloween Horror Nights, a lot of Treehouse of Horror uh, segments do have. So that's the only thing that's missing for it, and that's where that point five is taken away. Well, I'm glad to see the long pause waiting for the next person to talk has <laughs> continued into season two. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I looked at this as a possible for putting on my um, pick any episode list, but I think the thing that that hurt it for me is that it's not really a horror. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we go into that a lot with these that, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, this one's got Freddy Krueger in it, and then this one's like a sci-fi story. And, but I really did enjoy it, and there were a lot of little mini gags that I liked. I, I would have to go with a three. Okay. I'll give it a three out of five. I uh, I did have this on my list, and uh, it is one of my favorites. <clears throat> I, I agree with Matt. It's it it doesn't doesn't have that big laugh. Um, so I, I also put it at a four point five. Nice. Okay. Well, that's probably think pretty good for. Oh, well, of course, it's one of the mm-hmm. one of the first ten ones. So those are those are all pretty solid. But we'll yeah, we'll, right. we'll talk about that when we get into actually our next episode. So let's move on, and um, we will. Continue uh, with the veterans, and Derek is up next with, uh, well, I'll let you introduce it. Okay. Well, um, oddly enough, the Citizen Kang is the next segment after uh, your last segment. Yeah, that was pretty, because uh, <laughs> I, I stopped watching mine and then went to my notes. And I'm like, okay, what episode do I need to watch next? I'm like, oh, I should have just left it running. Damn it. <laughs> uh, so Citizen Kang is from Treehouse of Horror 7 from season 8. From 1948. Uh, No, I kid. It was the third segment, and um, it had the guest star of Phil Hartman playing Bill Clinton. Uh, So we start out on the lake in the middle of the woods, and Homer leaned back in his boat, enjoying, you know, a nice quiet evening of fishing. The old fishing hole. So peaceful and relaxing. Doesn't even matter if I catch a single fish. <sighs> come on, you stupid fish! Take the bait! Don't make me come down there! Yeah. <laughs> Which my first thought was Mr. Plow in the waiting game. Homer doesn't want to wait. <laughs> Why would he think that fishing would be a good hobby for him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as he's screaming at the water, all of a sudden, a giant spaceship hovers above his head. The uh claw machine claw comes down grabs him by his mouth and drags him back up to the ship uh you see homer cowering and then all of a sudden the reveal of kang and kodos my name is kang and this is my sister kodos hello who by the way we have seen many many times at this point and they still felt the need to introduce themselves to homer (laughs) true yeah Whatever, maybe this was somebody's first time seeing them. So, <laughs> he, he starts groveling and says, Don't eat me! I have a wife and kids! Eat them! Yeah, so, you know, I think that's my, my line. Well, actually, there's, if you take away the very last line, which is probably the most quoted in the yeah. world, that is probably my favorite line out of this one. It's just another example of where Homer's fear leads to him sacrificing those that he loves pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the aliens, like I said, they introduce themselves as Kang and his sister Kodos. This might be the first time that we learn that Kodos is a female. Yeah, that, that surprised me again. <laughs> I forgot about that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a great little gag. Like, just, you know, I mean, because Kodos is voiced by uh, Dan Castellaneta. So. You know, when they say, oh, my sister Kodos, and he just goes, hi. Yeah, he does about like, the, the manliest voice he can. Hello. <laughs> like, as yeah. low and as stern as it can be to be the complete opposite of what you, yeah, <laughs> you're being set up for. So Homer assumes that he's there to be probed and says, all right, well, let's just get this over with and starts to drop his pants to the uh, to the <laughs> horror 
to the absolute horror of Kang and Kodos. And they say, no, no, no. We've learned everything we could from anal probing. We're actually here to take over. Homer kind of loses it. And they're like, we need you to take us to your leader. Most stereotypical alien line ever. Take me to your leader. Mm. Uh, And Homer's fairly wise about the presidential election in this episode. (laughs) Yes, surprisingly informed. Yeah. Well, I guess you mean President Clinton. He usually hangs around Washington, D.C. President Clinton. And they're like, okay, well, we'll go get him. And then he stops and he goes, well, there's this election next week. So after that, it might not be him anymore. It might be, what's his name? Uh, Mumbly Joe. Uh, I saw him on TV the other... Uh, Bob Dole! <laughs> I saw him once on TV. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Kang and Kodos decide that they're going to go capture Clinton and Dole, uh, or Clinton, as they refer to him. <laughs> so they go to get Bob Dole first. He's coming out of a Senate meeting, and they kidnap him, and he goes, Bob Dole doesn't need this, <laughs> um, as he gets sucked up into the into the ship. Uh, then they go, and they abduct Bill Clinton from the White House. The crane just drops into the White House and pulls out Clinton in bed. And Clinton just goes... What is it, noon already? <laughs> so they strip down Bob and they strip down Bill and they throw him into these tubes and they fill it with goo. And then uh, they're going to take the places of both of these guys. So they do bio bioduplication. So they basically put plates on their heads connected to the tubes and turn themselves into Bob Dole and Bill Clinton. Homer sees this off to the side and says, Oh no, aliens, bioduplication, nude conspiracies. Oh my God, Lyndon LaRouche was right. Now, I had no idea who <laughs> Lyndon LaRue was. And for about the first five minutes, I was looking for Linda LaRue. <laughs> but apparently he is a political activist. I'll take so, Yeah, I've heard it. of him. I don't remember what he was up, up to. I don't know. It's just one of those times where Homer has like, a bit of information and just spits it out there and nobody's paying attention to him. So I always like that. The uh, Kang and Kodos realize that Homer's still there and he's seen everything they do. So they pull out this giant gun from the ceiling and they start spraying him down with rum so that no one will believe whatever he says. I, I love that. That is, yeah. that's a great little, little bit there. Yeah. L- later on, Bart refers to him as rummy. As rummy. Yeah. <laughs> So they, he gets back to the house, and Marge is watching the news, and Kent Brockman is saying how Clinton seemed a little weird at the press conference today, but his staff said it was just due to his tie being a little too tight. <laughs> uh, Marge refers to him as Slick Willie and says, that's what he does. He gets away with everything. <laughs> so Homer screams at the TV and says, that's one of the aliens. That's one of the aliens that took me up in the ship after I caught the biggest fish you've ever seen. <laughs> He cannot. Um, he cannot stop lying. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, Bart looks at him, and goes, "Sure, Rummy, yeah. you saw aliens, uh huh." So uh, later in the day, Bob Dole is at a another press conference, and it, they ask him why they should vote for him over Clinton, and he says that it makes no difference which one you vote for. Either way, your planet is doomed. And then he follows it up with doomed. Um. They show Bob Dole at a campaign rally where he says, Abortions for all. Very well. 
No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. And everybody cheers, and you see all the little American flags go up in the air, waving back and forth. Which I I knew that line was coming, and uh, it's a it's a weird middle ground to pick for that joke. I mean, it it, it the visual part of it worked, but it's like I, I remember the first time this went, I was like, oh, when are they going to get get themselves out of out of that that corner? I was like, okay, well, that's that's no worse than any other other way to take that joke, I guess. Yeah, and I mean that was that was a pretty big topic at that time. Um, you know, Clinton being a little bit more uh, open to the idea, and the Republicans not so much. Yeah. But um, so they flash over to uh, Bill Clinton and Bob Dole walking down the street hand in hand, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they're going to be able to take over this world fairly easily when a van pulls up and what looks like George Stephanopoulos pops out. Uh, Mr. President, sir, people are becoming a bit confused by the way you and your opponent are, well, constantly holding hands. We are merely exchanging long protein strings. If you can think of a simpler way, I'd like to hear it. That's a good. That's a good line too. I like classic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and the van just takes off and and like, okay, you know, they're just being weird, whatever. So we get to the big debate. And this is by far my favorite line. Um, And I've watched this a few times today, so it just made me laugh way too much at the office. We must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Makes absolutely no sense. Nope. And you just see Bill just doing his little circles. Yep. But <laughs> it's almost it's almost sad watching this these days. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes a little more sense than what we currently have. Exactly. Uh, Homer bursts into the debate and and says, Hey, they're aliens. They're aliens. They're alien replica- replicons from beyond the moon, which I thought was a movie reference to like one of those like fifties alien movies, it's, but I couldn't find anything. It sounds like one, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? I did find a group that apparently on Facebook fights alien replicons from beyond the moon, but I'm guessing they're just Simpsons fans. Um, so uh, the Secret Service goes to attack him. He grabs the flag and he starts holding them back with the flag. And uh, they throw him out, and then they throw the American flag at him and go, and take your stinking flag, too. Which just, I don't know. It it, it flashes back to uh, Homer gets thrown out of Moe's and goes, I had a hat! And they throw him a hat. <laughs> so Homer's pissed off because nobody will believe him. He's walking through the woods, getting angry, and he kicks a bush. And, of course, the one bush that he kicks is hiding the spaceship, so he hurts his feet. <laughs> That's a great shot of when he screams, ow, and then the camera pans back and the rest of the ship is clearly visible. Yeah, it's all, just like one little bush yep. hiding the corner. All he had to do was just pay any attention to anything going on around Maybe. him and he would have seen it. He was looking at the ground, kicking his feet, you know. But, um, you know, there that happens in movies too, though, right? Like they'll frame stuff in such a way that's like, wait a second, they really would have seen that if it was if it was right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a this is a common mistake. I love it. Right. Yeah, the the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Oh, it's right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Homer f- finds the spaceship and busts in to uh, set Bill Clinton and Do- Bob Dole free. He he finally gets them free, 
And Bob Dole looks at him and goes, oh, I am so mad at the Secret Service right now. <laughs> Apparently, Bill didn't want to spend the rest of his term naked and in a tube. Which, I don't know, maybe he could have. No, but one was, out of the it was, two. It was a tube part, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> While Homer's figuring out how to get them back to Washington, they decide that the two-party system just isn't working anymore, and they need to work as a team, and together they can save America and make things right again. And they say, Homer, let us out of here. We're going to go kick some alien ass. And Homer goes, oh, okay. And he finds the button on the dial that looks just like open the tube. <laughs> that's, that's the first time I, or I shouldn't say first time, but it's, it's, it's one of the, it's a more recent time that I noticed that there's red arrows pointing directly out. They start in the tube and extend out and, into the tube. I, yeah. yeah. That's a detail that it just kind of passes by in, in subsequent viewings. But this time watching it for, to talk about it stood right out. Oh, yeah. So he pushes the button, and of course it sends Bill Clinton and Bob Dole out into space, bare-ass naked, and you just watch as they float away. Um, I'm, I'm wondering why Homer had to fly out into space to get from Springfield to D.C., though. <laughs> I, I thought that, too, watching this, but I chalked it up to him just not having any idea how to work that, and that's just yeah. what happened yeah. when he smashed buttons. It's to make that joke work. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's that. The sort of, the sort of uh, 2001 reference. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Homer freaks out and decides, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Meanwhile, the, they're giving their final speeches at the White House, and Bob Dole looks and says, The politics of failure have failed. We need to make them work again. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. And, and Bill says that he's looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow. So that they can avoid a violent bloodbath. <laughs> as as they're having this their final debate in front of the White House, Homer crashes the spaceship into the White House. I don't know how he figured out how to get to the White House. But that, that, <laughs> you know, that was pretty lucky. So he smashes into the White House, runs. You hear him, which is one of my favorite Simpsons gags. <laughs> yeah. Is you hear him running through the house to get down to the stairs and the white house is huge so it's taking a little time and the camera the camera follows where he would be inside in the but house, you don't actually yeah. see so him get, i love that too yeah, you get that left bit. and right the hard yeah. hand <laughs> through the whole house um <laughs> he finally gets to the front he rips off their masks and reveals that they're aliens and they burst out of their suit and everybody's freaking out and and they're like, what's it matter? It's a two-party system. You got to vote for one of us. And there's a guy in the audience who I've started calling fake Skinner because he's basically Skinner with black hair. Oh, and I'll he, have to go back he, and look. It's it's uncanny. Okay. Um, and he goes, well, I'll just vote for a third party. And the aliens mock him. Go ahead. Throw your vote away! <laughs> and as they're laughing at him, they shoot to Ross Perot in the crowd, punching through his Ross Perot hat. In which fewer um, and fewer new generations of Simpsons fan have any idea what that joke is about. I know. We just got to send them Dana Carvey clips, and it'll make a, it'll make a lot more sense. Crazy Ross Perot. Um, Hear that great big and, sucking sound? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, if you figure out uh, that Kang was Bob Dole because he almost says elect Kang and he stops himself to say Bob oh, Dole. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to figure that out the whole episode. Um, it's kind of hard to tell 
you know, it's like the Patty Selma thing that sometimes you can't tell which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> um, so flash to past the election. The entire city, the entire country is enslaved. You know, it looks like something out of ancient Egypt with the, the whipping, um, whipping the humans to build a giant ray gun. Uh, and which Marge says, why are we building a giant ray gun to shoot at a planet I've never even heard of? And she gets whipped for her insolence. And this is where Homer looks at her and goes, Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! Which I have heard that line more in 2018 <laughs> than 1996. Uh, yeah. yeah, that bumper sticker almost went on my car. <laughs> that was on, I would say, at least five of my Facebook friends, like their either their header page or they just posted it like within a week. Yeah. The, the episode ends with the uh, presidential music, but a spooky twist on the presidential music, which I thought was a nice touch. And for those that are actually still playing Tapped Out, I don't know. Is there anybody still playing Tapped Out? I'm not. No? no. Um, that gun is something that you could have gotten at one point. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, when you hit it, it like just fired off into God knows where. I like this episode quite a bit, and I'm honestly surprised that it didn't get picked last year or two years ago when we did the first round of this. It's, you know, like Dave was saying, it's a little scary to watch it now <laughs> with the way our world is. But, you know, I mean, it's it, it's a great little episode for seeing the humor in in the, uh, the political uh, party that we had to deal with with that whole election. And... You know, it's Kang and Kodos. You, you know, you can't have a treehouse of horror without Kang and Kodos. Somehow or some way, exactly, yeah. 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 So I would have to give this one a four and a half. This is pretty high up on my list. That's cool. actually, uh, I'll go right after you because that's exactly what I have. I have four and a half as well. It's, it's, I think it's, it's ironic that it follows the Genesis stuff, not only in our coverage, but in the episode. But I think it's a really good segment, too. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to see if my notes. I just scratched notes. Just hit everything I said except for one line, which I thought was great. Was as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's the hilarious part about this is how advanced they are, and they can they can bio replicate, but they don't know the basic simple things about the <laughs> you know human electoral system or speech patterns. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. right. Yep, yep. So yeah, four and four, four and a half for me as well. And of course, it's Kang and Kodo, so always happy to see them. Yeah, uh, I, I I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Although since I I haven't gone through them all and rated them all yet, I I don't have a good uh, like a calibration yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I give this one a five. I like it somewhat, you know, a little bit better than than uh, the. Genesis tub just because it does have does have a couple of those big laughs. Yes, um, and <clears throat> in the beginning when Homer's getting picked up by the aliens, they use that that claw crane thing, and mm-hmm. actually it, the, it, the beautiful joke there they drop them once because those things are terrible, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and then I love the. When they send him home, they hit him with the rum and send him home. They just kind of open a door and kick him out, and they're just so casually brutal about it. It's just I loved the the, the feel of them doing that it was hilarious and the whole time they hadn't moved because he lands right back in his boat yeah right so like right, right. nobody else has noticed this giant spaceship in the middle of the park yeah 
And the fact that they do the bio duplication, but then Homer just rips off masks, so they were just like Mission Impossible <laughs> oh, you're masks. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right. Totally Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Another good one. All right, Dave, this is you're up, your debut on the show, but you're All right. Uh, so uh, my pick for this round was Dial Z for Zombie, which is from Treehouse of Horror 3, uh, Season 4, Episode 5. A basic gist of it is Bart uh, needs to do a book report because the one that he did it was for like a, a children's book from A to Z, and he just kind of <laughs> makes up some stuff about that. And uh, Miss Carbuncle's like, no, no, that's not going to work. It's like baby's first pop up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. He, it he makes up some story about the letters. It's great. Um, so he goes into the library, and there's this occult section that nobody's ever noticed before. I love that's what's great about a lot of these Treehouse of Horror episodes is that there's something that's flagrantly obvious that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. Uh, so he goes in and he finds a book of magic spells. It actually comes out of the thing and floats and hits him on the head. Um, takes it home and he's kind of looking through it and with Lisa, but Lisa's sad because, you know, this is like the anniversary of when they lost their cat snowball one. So he's like, Hey, let's go, let's go raise the cat. Okay. So they go to the pet cemetery. Uh, so you know, the scene starts on the Springfield Cemetery, and then it kind of pans over to the Pet Cemetery, which I was kind of disappointed that they didn't spell it in the Stephen King way, but whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I think here we they get did a in the electric in the election episode. Oh, did they? I think so. You remember when they uh, used all the pets to elect Burns or to elect Sideshow? Oh, funny. I don't I don't remember in detail. I remember vaguely that episode. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so in the pet cemetery, we get some sight gags. There is uh, the lobster. It's just a it's a headstone that has a picture of a lobster on it, and it says "eaten by mistake," which was what <laughs> Pinchy the lobster. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love that. There's a headstone. <laughs> like why you, you have no lobster left you, why are you just gonna go make a headstone anyway that's good uh then there's a couple of digs at some other tv shows fish police capital critters and family dog uh which were ripoffs of simpsons that uh oh family dog was created by brad bird which is interesting oh wow huh yeah um i didn't find anything interesting about the other two they were they all went for like three episodes and died that's the incredibles um, guy right yeah, yeah, okay. and I, he, I mean, he worked on Simpsons for a while. Oh, he did. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, we learned something. Right. Uh, so they're casting a spell, and Bart uh, is saying the words: "Colin Rayburn, Nars Trebek," which are all um, game show hosts. Just, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the next, the next stanza is: uh, "Zabar, Kresge, Kaldor, Walmart," and I really have only ever heard of Caldor and Walmart right, <laughs> as far yeah. as these go. Uh, they're really pulling some regional stores. Uh, but it's the wrong spell. Uh, he's, he cast, finished casting the spell, and, and uh, not only does uh, Snowball 1 not come back to life, but uh, all the people in the uh, people graves, uh, people cemetery start uh, coming out as zombies. Uh, so <laughs> the Bart and Lisa run home to tell Homer about it, and they're like... He, he's doing something and he doesn't really want to talk to them so they're, but they're like we gotta tell you something we did something bad and he's like did you wreck the car no did you raise the dead yes but the car's okay uh huh alright then <laughs> <laughs> uh it's great and then um 
So they, they, they start to uh, barricade the house against the zombies. But of course, Homer forgets to barricade the back door. And Marge is yelling at as they as they're hearing the, the zombies start to uh, hit the back door. They're like, what? Did you barricade the back door? It's like, what? Oh, <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> so the zombies make it into the house and they're chasing the family. And uh, I guess Homer just tries to distract him to let his family get away. And so they start eat, they start gnawing on his head, but they're like, eh, <laughs> nothing there. Oh, they yeah. They even, they even get a little tap, and there's a, like a the, oh, yeah, the yeah, hollow yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the hollow, hollow coconut. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Then um, Flanders comes in as a zombie, and Homer kills him. And uh, this is the, the great line. Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. He was a zombie? Yeah. <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> yep. Let's see. Oh, and so now, of course, we go to our, our cut to the uh, Kang and Kodos, who are watching this from space, and they're uh, happy that they'll be able to just come in and take over when all this goes down. The zombies have the Earthlings on the run. Soon the human race will wither and fall, like the Earth plums we have seen on the Observer Scope. <laughs> 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 oh. they, they gotta find a counter spell so they go back to the library and for some reason george washington as a zombie einstein as a zombie and shakespeare as a zombie all happen to be there i don't know why they were all buried in springfield cemetery but <laughs> <laughs> there we are. That's funny. That is the detail. I was wondering why all of a sudden such old uh, uh, historic why why historical characters all of a sudden yeah and why not something somewhere in between like George what like like well, I guess I picked George Washington and and I guess Einstein's in between so I guess there was but why wasn't there like another middle ground one there I didn't even consider the fact that they were all <laughs> they, were, they were risen from the Springfield Cemetery that that totally yeah. escaped me. And Homer has some quip when he kills each one of them, and you can put the clip in, but... Uh, Take that, Washington! Eat lead, Einstein! Oy. Show's over, Shakespeare! Is this the end of zombie Shakespeare? Which I think they were chosen just for the, uh, probably, the yeah. lines. Yeah. Just for the jokes. With a dry, cool yeah. wit like that, I could be an action hero. um so they find another spell uh and this one is (laughs) kolchek manix banachek dano which which are all tv detectives yeah (laughs) and uh that that turns lisa into a snail and uh, she's like what he's like oh uh, nothing you just look really pretty (laughs) (laughs) and she's flattered yeah but then the, he finally gets the right spell, which is Trojan, Ramses, Magnum, Sheik. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, great. Which sends all the zombies back to their grave, and this 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 little bit is great. So they're uh, let's see which one first. Okay, so um, they're they're kind of walking into the thing, and one of the zombies says to the other one, "See you in hell." And the guy says, uh, "Still pushing that boulder?" Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then one guy's climbing into a grave, and another guy comes over to it and says, Excuse me, I'm John Smith. John Smith, 1882. My mistake. Yeah, that's a good bit, too. Yeah. Uh, and then with the very end, the Simpsons are back watching TV, and, and uh, I think it's Homer that says, Homer Marge says, I'm sure glad we didn't turn into mindless zombies. Yes. TV. <laughs> Man, fall down. Funny. Mm. 
so yeah that one uh i really dig this one it it it's uh it's just got a bunch of good it's true i think it's pretty short i forget how long it is but it you know um it wasn't as funny as i was remembering it so i i rated it a four and a half but uh it has some good bits so yeah yeah i enjoyed this one too i mean it definitely hits the the halloween mark with the zombies and stuff and i i always bust up when when we get the he was a zombie so i mean it's a classic and yeah the 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 idea that there's you know that you've got all these famous historical folks buried in springfield it you know it never occurred to me before because there's another horror episode where um like i think like billy the kid and those guys are all buried in springfield too so it's just it's just oh yeah that's oh yeah because later when they ban guns or something they they rise from the yeah all these yeah yeah, western and all these criminals rise from the the, the, that one the the german yippy yippy yeah the one german yeah Um, I, I enjoyed this episode. I, I'd give this one a, a, a three and a half. Okay, um, I'm. That's funny. I'm kind of I exactly between you guys. I gave it a four out of five. It it had good laughs as well, and it does absolutely. I'm just going to say the same thing you guys said. It has one of the most classic lines ever. I think from Treehouse of Horror, and that is, "He was a zombie." So everyone knows that line. It's a Simpsons fan. It's funny. It's it's, and I think Dave echoed something i was thinking too i remember i th- remember it being i'm not gonna say funnier and maybe the, the just uh well, maybe a little bit funnier my memory of it was i thought it was funnier than it was that's not saying it's not funny that's not a very good description but it was still and it was short and i can't remember but i'm pretty sure this episode is one of those episodes that's framed around like introductions like this through line of characters introducing it so that shaves off like a minute or two each one and when you're only doing a 10 minute mm. story that that does affect it but still really good and four out of five is is nothing to sneeze at at all so between us we all got it in pretty pretty high rating so pretty yeah close. another good one yeah mm-hmm. all right well that's a pretty strong start for the second season of <laughs> podcast of horror and our next one that is our very first themed episode and we're going to and this is actually what i alluded to not realizing when i alluded to it earlier we did we picked episodes well within the first 10 years now we had to pick episodes from the past five years so that is what's going to be featured in episode two and we're in a wish wish us luck yeah we're in a different beast of treehouse of horror (laughs) with these so that'll be next so thank you derek and dave for kicking off this series with me thank you thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next week with the next episode 